Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Best Books Ever. I am Tyler, and uh, it's exciting. Exciting times. Uh, we're starting Battle the Labyrinth, chapters 1 through 10, first half, Rick Riordan, all that good stuff. A um, lot of notes. A lot more notes than the last time. I have like twice as many notes. There's a lot that they introduce in this part. Um, and I think that might have to do with this just being like the second to last book. Again, there's more books. We've already talked about that. There are more. There is more that's being made after the fact. But like the original, you know, what I what I stand by the original series was, you know, books one through five. And so this is like the second to last one of like this arc. And so that's my theory as to why they they just introduce so many things, so many characters, um, and not only introduce but also like, uh, uh, like brought back some things as well, some ideas that you're like, oh, that you know, you know, that was a really nice thing about I think last book, where we realized that Hades actually didn't break the oath by having Bianca and Nico because actually they were born like seventy years ago. But they got caught in the casino, the same casino that caught uh, Percy and them, right? So it's just nice to see, like, you know, there's even more of those touches in this book so far where it's like, hey, remember that thing? May have been big, may have just been a throwaway comment, but it does come back around in this book. So it is more of like, you know, it, it, it's just nice for like world building and to be like, you know, especially with, uh, with uh, you know, with the casino. It's like, oh, this is just something that like Percy and them got caught by. Like, this is known to take probably a lot of half-bloods so that was cool but a lot of stuff so let's start with the end as we always do um sort of ends to be honest this part doesn't really have like a good ending <laughs> uh it's it's not bad but it's you know it's not a very good cliffhanger i don't think but it does end with annabeth being like hey sphinx your riddles are terrible and I knew she was going to do it, not only because I've read the book before, but I don't, I don't remember that, but I just knew she was going to do it because those aren't, like, I was thinking the same thing, those aren't riddles, they're just questions, you know, asking what the, what the capital Bulgaria is, that's not a riddle, that's just, like, that's like Jeopardy, right, like, Jeopardy isn't really riddles, I would argue Jeopardy is actually more riddle-like than the Sphinx's question, because at least with Jeopardy, they give you the answer, and you think of the question, which is kind of a little twisted, so at least there's, like, a little bit extra, you know, instead of just, like, trivia night, uh, which is basically what, you know, what the Sphinx was doing, what, they weren't riddles, um, and I understand the Sphinx being like, oh, well, you already knew the answer to that one, and like, okay, <laughs> fair, but just think of another riddle, you know, like, you just being like, oh, what's, what, what was one of them? What's a square root of 16? It's like, that's, that's, that's not a riddle. That's just, like, facts. You know? That the, so I get end with her being the daughter of Athena. You know, I mean, again, she even says it, right? Where she's like, this is a, um, this is like, oh, what, what, was, what was that word she said? I don't know. It's like a, it's like an insult to her intelligence. Or it's like, she was getting up. She was nervous, but she was probably excited, too, to be like, okay, we're going to get, you know, e even if it, wasn't the same riddle she's like oh i want to like think about this and figure it out and now she's just like nah this is this is awful if she was smarter 
very smart, by the way. But if she was just a little smarter and a little less prideful, I think she would have just answered him so they could have left because she was nailing these questions. Um, so that was cool. Again, it kind of ended that way. We're still in the labyrinth. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about like predictions and stuff later, but that's kind of how it ends. It's, it's cool. Um, but there's so much. So, uh, that's obviously the ending. What leads to that is we do have, uh, you, it's, it, it's probably pronounced you, Euridian. That's probably what it is. When I first read it, I was like, Eurishin. <laughs> but I, I don't really think shun is a sound that a lot that happens a lot in Greek. You know, I don't, I don't really think that though. Euridian just sounds more like ancient Greek. So, you know, he gave Annabeth the, uh, the like, fingerprint necklace or whatever to find Hephaestus. Uh, that's cool. They're finally there because that ranch, which we'll talk about in a second, that ranch was not Hephaestus's ranch. That was not the right one that they needed to go to, even though going there, I guess, did kind of, you know, there were some positives that, you know, that, that we'll talk about, but, um, so that was cool, uh, very convenient, but that is where they have to go, it, it was funny that, that it turned into a spider, because Annabeth doesn't like spiders, um, the whole, like, rivalry and stuff, but, uh, so that was cool, we got the fingerprint necklace, get to Hephaestus, I don't really know, because, like, what, what was the whole point there, right? Like, Hephaestus admired, admired, uh, Daedalus. And so, it was, and, and, and so Hera was like, oh, if you go to Hephaestus, so he, he's your best shot. Um, I assume Hephaestus will help, especially given the fact that Hephaestus, like, he, you know, he's, like, under Poseidon, right? So I imagine that'll, that'll, that'll be nice there. Um, you know, hopefully he's super helpful and he tells them, you know, maybe he knows exactly where the Dallas is, uh, cause that is their, I mean, that's their end goal, right? So that was pretty cool. Um, speaking of that, I guess we'll just carry on to the, the Hera stuff. Uh, it is always bad news, right? I remember reading that line in there too, where as soon as Hera came, I was thinking the same thing that Percy said, which is like, it's never a good thing when a god wants to help you out, because it's never just out of the goodness of their heart. There's always some underlying reason. Um, as of right now, I'm not really sure what it is, but um, her didn't even really help at all, right? Like, she said, go to Hephaestus. Okay, that's that, that's helpful, I suppose. We still have to know how to get there. And we got really lucky by getting someone who was owed a favor, <laughs> to Hephaestus, um, but then even her being like, oh, Percy already knows how to get out, <clears throat> that's, that's interesting, because one, doesn't help, <laughs> doesn't help in the slightest, um, because Percy has no idea what she's talking about, and so it's like, okay, I asked you a question, I, I, I wish for something, and she's like, oh, you already know the answer, look deep inside yourself, it's like, that's, that is not an answer, that is not fair, <laughs> You just genied me, <laughs> you know, um, I can't, you know, the genie's like, I can't give you something you already have, so you wasted a wish, it's like, ah, um, so again, not very helpful, but moving on to the whole Percy thing, um, I, if I remember correctly, and I didn't make a note of it, because, I don't know, I guess I just thought it wasn't going to be important, um, 
right? Yeah, I forget who it was. He had a dream. Because a lot of really cryptic things happen in Half-Blood dreams, especially Percy, right? I'm trying to think of who it was. I want to say it was Hercules, maybe, just because Hercules is a safe bet. <laughs> you know, we're talking about, like, quests and stuff. Like, you know, very memorable quests. Um, there was a dream, I think, that Percy had, and it was basically Hercules explaining that uh, was, like, Adrian or whatever. I, I forget what it is. A Adriadne. Adriadne's string, right? Um, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, oh, we gotta get it. You gotta get it before Luke because it's a helps us, you know, navigate the labyrinth. Uh, but then, the, but then the dude, Hercules, which I think was Hercules, was actually like, oh, well, this isn't even, this was a super minor, like, component to me escaping. It was actually, and I, and I think he named, like, a woman, which might have been who he loved, which makes me think that it's, like, like, love <laughs> helps you navigate the labyrinth, maybe. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's interesting, I guess. It seems like, it seems very close to the whole like power of friendship thing. Um, and that kind of splinters off into two things, right? Where one, we're getting these other dreams from Percy about Daedalus. We got one about him loving his son, Icarus, and the tragedy that happened with him. And then we have him killing his nephew, uh, Perdix. And so that's like... Does the love thing play into that somehow? With like, oh, he continued building this in memory of Icarus and whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't seem like a reach. And then the other splinter was her being like, oh, well, Percy knows. And with the whole uh, relationship sort of thing that's swirling between Percy and Annabeth, not really sure what to call it. Um, that would make sense to have like a connection there and then this finally be the time where some feelings get realized maybe i don't know it all seems very loose so i'm not sure that that's exactly what it is but that's that's the only thing i could think of um so we'll see we'll see how they navigate out of it you know obviously Hephaestus, once they reach him which i'm sure they will um that'll be a huge help and to my knowledge from what i remember from the very end of this book um, it seems like Luke has the string already, like the way he talked about it, because he was going to give it to, uh, Campe, the like, like dragon woman. Um, so it sounds like he already has the string and then also the way they're talking, they're like, we're gearing up, we're ready. We're about to lead the charge, you know? And so I'm like, ah, so, you know, is this something, you know, you know, Percy, <laughs> I, I understand some of your dreams you don't want to share, but like this one, are you gonna you gonna tell somebody? You gonna because <laughs> because again, it sounds like Luke already has the string, which hurts them. Now, if that's true, they really need to figure out. Percy really needs to rack his brain and figure out uh, what Hera was talking about because if they can't get out of here, it doesn't it doesn't even. Uh, well, maybe it does because I guess if they find a Dallas, the Dallas can most likely help them out. But I feel like, again, the dream that I'm partially remembering and Hera pointedly mentioning it 
I think they're going to have to figure out a way. And it's not just going to be as easy as a DAO being like, oh, yeah, you just you, here's a map. <laughs> you know, that seems too easy. So we will see. Um, what else do we have? There's a lot of, a lot of ways to go with this. Um, geez, I guess we'll talk about Luke for a second. Uh, cause there's some, there's a couple of Kronos things. Maybe then we'll get into some of the suspicious acts that have been happening. So, um, Kronos, I believe says something to the effect to Luke of, uh, you are now beyond harm. Basically referencing how he saved Luke, it seems, because Luke should have died. <laughs> Luke should have been flattened by those rocks that he, you know, he fell off a mountain, basically. Um, so to me, I'm I'm interpreting that as like, Kronos has given him power. I don't know exactly how or like to what extent, but Kronos has somehow given Luke power um, to the point, again, like beyond beyond harm so does that mean that like luke wins <laughs> you know like you know before it was like okay he's a really good swordsman probably not gonna be able to you know percy probably not gonna be able to beat him right even though even though percy's pretty good it's like i chrono's got you know you know buffed me <laughs> can't lose now um yeah i don't know what that means like, did, can he not die? Can he just not be hurt, like, in battle? Like, does he have some weird powers that we haven't quite seen yet because there hasn't been a time and place for it? Uh, just just wanted to mention that so that everyone keeps an eye out because there, there are a few things, especially towards the end, like, once they get in the labyrinth, I feel like it's very easy for us to uh, fully just delve into the labyrinth and forget everything that happened pre-labyrinth in the book, like, the first, you know, uh, like three chapters or so, but there, you, you know, there are some like nuggets of, I was gonna say wisdom. That's not true. You know, like maybe foreshadowing, maybe, um, you know, along with that, we have, again, some suspicious acts, right? Uh, well, well hold on. There's, there's just something more about Percy, um, or about Kronos. Uh, Kronos does seem like he's ready to lead the army. I think he pretty much says it right where he's like, I'm going to lead it myself. Let's go. That is concerning. <laughs> Again, mixing what I said before about the whole uh, string thing and the way Luke was talking about the camp and like some tough things he's going to have to do. It seems like they're ready, which is not good because <laughs> Percy in, in the camp, not ready. Not ready at all. Um, although the, the solstice is coming up, right? Is one of the solstice? Uh, you know, I feel like everything big always happens on a solstice. Um, but then on top of that with Kronos, Chiron brings up this idea of uh, there may be another reason why they want Daedalus. They might not just want uh, easy like travel to different places, um, You know, mainly including Camp Half-Blood and maybe Olympus. I don't know if the Labyrinth can get to Mount, you know, Mount Olympus. But also... The Dallas being the like inventor, whatever that he is, uh, he may be able to build Kronos a new body. Um, that seemed like a reach, but I feel like it's even more confirmed, or at least Kronos has definitely had this idea because he, you know, he seems like he's like 10 steps ahead of everybody. Because then we recently, in like the last couple chapters, like nine or 10 or whatever, uh, we do see him uh you know when he kills perdix he, he he he's brought 
ideas from him being like, hey, we, you know, we make like these, these, uh, you know, magnificent metal creations of different animals. Why can't we do it with humans? And Dadaos is like, no, you're an idiot. You, you know, this is fire that you don't want to play with, right? And he brings him like a whole scroll or whatever. And he's like, oh, it couldn't work. If, you know, when you're older, you'll, you'll realize it or whatever. But like that is a little, you know, a little bit of a seed. And you connect that back to what Chiron said before, where again, we're pre-labyrinth. So it's very easy to forget this. But uh, maybe now seems way more possible, way more likely that this is a kind of side plan for Kronos. It doesn't seem like this is something that Kronos needs but it does seem like this will, you know, if he is able to get Didalus to build him a new body, it will possibly, uh, you know, maybe quicken the pace of him being tangible again and being able to, you know, be in full force. It seems like he's going to get there anyway, but this might be a way for him to get there a lot, a lot faster. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that happens again. I'd, I'd like to believe, okay. They're going to get to Festus. It's going to happen, right? I can't see it not happening. They're going to find Didalus. It has to happen. Um, I think it'd be like a weird ending. <laughs> like, oh, no, Didalus isn't here. No one's ever seen him. <laughs> you know, so I feel like they're going to find him. I would like to believe that he will go on their side, right? But I don't know, because then again, you know, he, he may also feel wrong by the gods. I feel like it's very easy for half-bloods to feel wrong by the gods, right? We've, we've seen that a million times already in the book. Um, that Dallas is mortal, right? That's confirmed. So he does, he does reference Athena as his mom, which makes a lot of sense. So I'm like, maybe he has a grudge. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, again, another half bow with a grudge against their parent. Maybe it won't be so easy to convince him. Um, that's scary, <laughs> scary stuff. Um, again, continuing with the suspicious acts, Quintus. Don't trust Quintus for a second. There's a few reasons why. A um, couple reasons. One, <laughs> he gave, well, 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 I guess, in, you know, chronologically, well, uh, generally, he seems suspicious, right? Like, even when he was at camp, it was like, oh, he's like an older half, but that's weird to see. Um, great, right? To, you know, to see a, a you know, half-blood who was alive and didn't die as a child. But it's like, I don't know, he has like a weird energy, you know, like, it, it, and now him dealing with uh, Gurion, getting those, uh, the scorpions from him, obviously Gurion is, is dealing with anybody, right? Like, he's like, I don't care, I'll, I'll, I'll do business with Kronos. That, like, sheds some weird light on him. Um, now it looks a lot weirder too for like three of the six scorpions found Percy like that's crazy like there's a whole forest and they even mentioned it but now it looks kind of you know very, like, very suspicious um, Juniper was like I don't trust him he was he was skulking around the entrance of the labyrinth I don't don't trust him and Juniper I feel like we have no reason not to trust her her coming out as like a double agent would be insane. <laughs> but I, I have no reason to believe that. Um, and then Quintus giving Percy the present of the dog whistle. Never trust someone who gives you a present. It just, it, it just, it just never ends well, right? You know, the first one with Luke, 
Luke with the shoes. The shoes were going to drag Percy down to Tartarus. Terrible. Right? Ares gave him the backpack, which had the lightning bolt in it. Terrible. Right? I'm, try I'm trying to think of anyone who's, you know, anyone who's given Percy a gift that wasn't, I mean, Tyson. Right? <laughs> you know? Um, so, again, you know, it's just very, very hard to believe someone is genuinely giving. And, you know, especially, you know, I'll, you know, I'll say something like, more magical because even Ty, you know you know Tyson built it whereas uh Luke's thing was magic shoes Ares's thing was a magic backpack so you know so I feel like when it's like more special more mystical don't trust it and that's exactly what happened with Quintus right Quintus gave him a magic ice dog whistle and it only works once or whatever and so I to me I'm just like don't use it I'm okay I, I'm wrong the, the one time it worked out was was Hermes. Hermes gave Percy, um, you know, a bunch of regular stuff for their travels, but also did give him um, a, like, canister of wind, which was helpful, and them escaping uh, the cruise ship, and then also those vitamins, which helped them uh, become human again. So, he was genuine. But again, it's, it's, it's not a good track record. Um, again... The fact that the dog whistle exists, I can't imagine. I would, I would respect it if Rick Riordan wrote this and wrote that moment, giving him the dog whistle, and Percy just never uses it. You know, because now, now that it exists, and now that again, the whole thing of like, don't you know, don't trust gifts. It is just something in like the back of your mind. And for that to kind of weigh on you, be like, when is he going to use it? He's going to use it in the worst moment. And it's going it's, 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 it's to cause him so much trouble. Either the dog will come and just attack them or nothing will happen. And that'll be like, you know, they'll like incorporate that into their plan. They'll be like, ooh, we're going to use the whistle here. And, that, and then it doesn't work and everything falls apart. And then if, and we find out he never uses it. That, that'll be bold. A very bold <laughs> writing decision. But I just can't see that. Like he's, he's going to use it and... I just can't see it going well. Again, at the end of the day, Quintus could be fine. But like even even Chiron was like, yeah, I don't really trust him either, but it's good to have him close so I can watch him. So it's like, Chiron doesn't trust him. I don't trust him either, you know. He does have that thing on his neck, which we're not really sure what it is. It's like a brand or something. Again, I feel like he's been in here before. I'm now starting to have my own theories about like, because didn't, oh, what was it, what was it, didn't, didn't like, oh, someone else had like something on their neck that we saw, and I, th and I think one of Percy's dreams, in my mind I was like, is that connected, not necessarily is that Quintus, but is it the same thing that happened to that person, did that also happen to Quintus, so, it's very hard to trust him. But we will see. We will see. Uh, knocking out some notes. Um, let's get into Nico for a second. Um, a small way to start with Nico is Percy still hasn't told Chiron about him being Hades' son. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Chiron has his suspicions, or even if he just knows, because <laughs> because Chiron is Chiron, and I feel like he he could figure these things out. He's he's been around for hundreds of years. You you assume, um, but I just I, I just keep going back to that. I'm like, man, what if you know? Because we're gonna talk about Nico in a second, but like, what if Percy just came out and told him, you know, whether it be that day that Nico ran away or even if it was the day that they left for the quest and he was like hey I've been keeping this from you because I mean again he, he could have given his reason he, you know he, he very easily could have been like hey listen I I kept it from you because at the time Nico was just a kid he was the son of Hades and you know I I didn't know what was going to happen to him you know I you know he he, he doesn't deserve any of this his sister is you know dead <laughs> you know, now he's alone, and, you know, now he's a son, he has to deal with being a son of Hades, like, you know, and then him even, you know, Percy would be like, I'm, I'm gonna take the prophecy, you know, Thalia doesn't have it anymore, Nico, I'm not gonna let him have it, I can't put that on his shoulder, so I'm gonna, you know, so, like, he could explain it in a way and be like, but listen, <laughs> we're now at a point, I'm seeing these Iris messages, because at that point, he already, he already saw a couple, something is happening, and I would feel bad if you didn't know, but, I guess we're just not there. <laughs> um, because of that, we get a, a couple of very interesting things that happen with Nico and Bianca. So Bianca, uh, that's the wrong note. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, oh, I guess there's only one. Yeah, there's only one. Um, Bianca does come back, and there there's lots of things that we can kind of deduce from this right uh so you know bianca comes out and she's like nico you gotta stop you gotta stop trying to have this grudge trying to get revenge on percy it's not his fault um nico doesn't want to hear any of it right like he you know at, at this point he's in too deep right and in his mind he has to blame percy or else everything he's done worthless right um as well as him just feeling the way he does um him losing his sister right like that's the only person he ever had now he has nobody essentially even though that's not true i mean family sure but like he's part of camp half-blood like everyone would accept him um you would hope just like any other right <laughs> um yeah it's it, it, it's tough you know I, I i like that bianca came out for this and like she was able to shed some light on this and kind of put it to bed and, and fine because like up to this point nico very frustrating character like every time he sees percy he's like you killed my sister like every time and it's like you just refuse and again grief does things to people sure but like you just refuse to understand the facts and what actually happened you know him being like you let my sister die and then him turning that into you want to kill me it's like what no i Percy, there's no reason Percy wants to kill Nico. Like, but again, it's it, 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 you know, you know, he's just spiraling, right? Um, and then also the ghost, which we find out is like previous king uh, Nemo, is like kind of whispering in his ear about certain things, which is I'm sure not helping his paranoia, right? Um, I'm sure that king will come back at some point and be a much greater thing because him him sticking with Nico him sort of like whispering poison in his ear um he, he has to have some sort of goal right like maybe 
maybe he's already working with Kronos. Maybe Kronos kind of enlisted him and promised him something. Maybe, you know, maybe promised him a, a body and to be physical again and to like live again, basically. Um, you know, because Nemo could be the one to kind of like pull him into Kronos' camp. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe that's kind of the, the play here. We'll see that. Um, but after all that, uh, we see that Nico is not coming with them in the labyrinth. He kind of stays at, uh, Gurion's, it was his, uh, like ranch. Um, we'll, we'll definitely see him again. You know, I, I, I can't imagine we'll, we'll never see Nico again, but, um, I hope he makes the right decision because we know Nemo is going to try to come back and be like, oh, he's, he, he's going to make up some nonsense of like, oh, that wasn't really Bianca or, you know, they somehow, you know, like, like altered the, the worst. Like he, he, he's going to come up with something. Um, I hope that Nico doesn't side with him and be like, yeah, you're right. Percy, Percy, you know what? Even if Bianca said this, she's just trying to be nice. That's the kind of person she is. I know Percy's guilty. Like, I could totally see him doing that. I hope he doesn't. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what else do we got? Um, I guess some smaller stuff that I just kind of want to mention. Yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much all, like, smaller stuff that I want to mention. So, um, we have... Briaris, Briaris, he is a 100 hand man or something, <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure where he ends up at the end, I think he, he doesn't come back in the labyrinth with them, I believe, I don't think he dies, but he doesn't come back in the labyrinth with them, but that was an interesting thing to see Tyson look so, you know, look up to him so much, and also, also kind of reintroduce the idea of what immortality actually is and the fact that well it doesn't really mean that you live forever there is a way for you to kind of just like disappear um and that's scary right um you know i like that they kind of brought this back up to us that way we can remember it and it can be in the back of our minds because i feel like i feel like they wouldn't mention that if it doesn't come back around at some point right i don't know um, we'll see, we'll see, but yeah, that was, that was, that was kind of interesting characters, you know, it's always cool when we see just new characters, right, you know, new parts of Greek mythology and all that, so it's cool to see him, um, you know, it does also kind of accentuate the direness of the situation, right, where it's like, this is bad, <laughs> like, this war that's gonna happen is bad, and all the monsters and the gods and the demigods or whatever, maybe not demigods but all 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 those you know people that were involved in the in the old war you know they know how bad it was and they know how probably many how you know how many lives were lost you know how much of a struggle everything was um and so now that it's happening again and a lot of them feel um they don't feel very hopeful they're looking at everything and they're like this isn't this isn't looking good for us Kronos is back with a vengeance, and it seems like he's actually going to win this time, um, you know, because we have people like Briara saying these things, right, um, you know, one of the people that helped 
very, very much defeat Cronus the first time. I think they're having second thoughts and being like, we can't do this again. Um, maybe, you know, maybe it's because we're weaker than we used to be, um, as well as, you know, they feel like maybe Zeus and the gods got lucky the first time they were able to trick Kronos, you know, it can't happen again. So, you know, again, uh, setting the atmosphere, I think, for a lot of things. Um, another small thing, we have Gurion say that someone paid for safe passage for Percy and the crew. Uh, I'm not sure who that is. They don't ever actually say it. Um, obviously, there's there's theories, right? Like, you could say it was some good people, like Chiron or something, but that just seems too easy and, like, weird. I don't know why. And then you go to, oh, maybe, you know, what if it was, like, Luke or something? You know, like, Luke paid for safe passage to maybe keep them in the labyrinth longer because he knows how... He knows the position he's in. Again, we talked about it before where it's like, he's ready. He has everything he needs. So if he keeps Percy and Annabeth, like, you know, and even Grover and Tyson, like these, these people who can definitely sway a battle, no matter how confident he is, it'd be nice to not have Percy or Annabeth or anyone, you know, there at Camp Apple when he storms it. It'd be easier for him, right? Um, both on a physical uh, way, because Percy and Annabeth, you know, even you know, Tyson and Grover, they, you know, they all have their strengths. They all have their ways that they can turn the tide. But also Annabeth specifically to be like, you know, he doesn't want to fight or, you know, you're definitely not kill Annabeth. He really doesn't want to do that. The same way that Annabeth doesn't want to. They, they, they have that bond that it's going to be interesting because I feel like at, at some point they have to break it. Like they're going to be put in a position where they have to fight each other or Annabeth has to choose or something, and you know, between like Percy and Luke or whatever, um, or not even Percy and Luke, just like, she's going to have to decide like in a moment to save her friends or to save Luke. You know, I can't believe it. <laughs> can't believe it. But anyway, um, I just don't know who else it would be like, it could be a god, like it could be Poseidon or something, being like, hey, let him, let him through, I'll pay you or something. Eh. That is a pretty indirect way for a god to, you know, because again, you know, they're not really able to, they're not really allowed to meddle too much in half-blood quests. So that would be, you know, you know, kind of like a, you know, small slick way to be like, oh, let me just help him a little bit. I'm sure at some point we will figure it out because there's someone out there that wants them to succeed why you know if, if if it's someone on the opposite side that's even more more satisfying um, um another small thing i do like the moment where percy goes to the naiad um and seems like if he wanted to he could have just kind of like pushed her around and been like no i'm 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 using this river to clean the stables i'm, I'm doing it and i'd if it did get physical, Percy probably would have won, just because he's the son of Poseidon. I feel like if he like, caught, like, uh, mustered up his strength, he you know he he, he could have overpowered her. Um, but I I like that he didn't. I like that he thought about it. Well, then didn't really think about doing it, but thought about the uh, the idea of doing it. I guess he was kind of like one more step removed, um, because. 
it just shows how different he is. I feel like there is this long-running um, trope among the gods that uh, heroes are selfish and heroes will do whatever they have to do for their own needs and their own goals. Um, you know, even Mr. D came out last book and was like, I don't trust heroes. You're all the same, right? Um, and I feel like Percy being our main character, he is really trying his hardest and kind of showcasing it time and time again that he's not like other heroes or at the very least maybe you know maybe not all heroes are are as bad as they they are painted to be by the gods because again like this is a very small moment but he even takes that into account where this naiad is going to know from here on out that oh there is you know even though again i'm pretty sure it was hercules even though Hercules did this like a thousand years ago or whatever it was and kind of, you know, took advantage of the situation, not all heroes are bad because this other one came out and he probably could have very easily done the same thing, but he decided not to, you know? And it's like right there, just one person at a time, Percy is trying to um, not be like all the heroes before him necessarily. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess he's just more aware of of uh his reputation and like not wanting to do things how people did them before um because it seems like a lot of people sort of mess it up <laughs> you know and so now he's able to be like no you know what i'm not gonna afford it that, that doesn't seem right you know it, it seems like he has more kind of morals than a lot of the previous heroes or even some or even the gods right um and it seems to help him time and time again it seems to you know there's possibility that this naiad is going to help him, you know, sometime later in this book. Um, so I like that. And speaking of which, kind of in the same vein, uh, when he is fighting Gurion, uh, he drops a sword, picks up a bone arrow, uh, fires it, and is able to somehow hit all three hearts sequentially and, you know, quote-unquote kill Gurion, right? Doesn't make any sense at the time, uh, or just at face value, because he is a terrible, terrible at archery. Uh, but he does pray to both Artemis and Apollo. He later gives them offerings, and it seems like maybe that worked, or that, that, that pleased them. And so that right there is just another moment of, like, him trying to trust and believe in uh, the the friends, or maybe just the acquaintances, uh, you know, that, that he's made along the way, where he did good by Artemis. He did good by Apollo. I mean, he didn't you know, really a lot, a lot of involvement with Apollo, but you know, you know, probably in in tandem with what he did with Artemis, Apollo being the brother, like you know, that helps. So them having possibly this fondness for Percy because of what you know, you know, what Percy did and like how he acted and all that stuff. It is good karma, basically, and so you know, he was able to get help from them. Um, again, just another way that Percy is showing this where he can be nice. He doesn't have to throw his weight around. He doesn't have to be manipulative. Again, him being in this war, kind of entrenched right in the middle of this war between the Titans and the gods. Um, you know, the Titans being on the opposite side, but also just the gods in general as well. Like them both feeling more powerful than anything, which they are. But them, them using that to their advantage and being selfish and, and, again, manipulating the heroes. And this all comes back to 
a a theme i think that's happened in almost every book where it's like the half-bloods inherently are good and i think they do side with the gods in this right like more so than the titans but they don't always agree with the gods and they won't always just do whatever the gods say and won't always follow their lead they'll be like no that is not the right way to do things um and so again coming back to this moment with artemis and with you know i'm praying to artemis and apollo that that worked out for him you know him being nice and him being helpful and him truly caring you know especially with artemis and 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 her hunters with like bianca and zoe and all that like he truly cared and he was able to get some respect from them which is even crazier for him specifically for being a male uh in the eyes of you know with uh with artemis and hunters and and, and their whole outlook on that it's like again that that just goes to show that his his way is working um which i think is good then i guess the last thing final thing is annabeth and her choice we don't know what this is yet i'm sure we all have guesses as to what it could be um i want to think because my mind immediately goes to uh i kind of mentioned it before percy and luke right like i could see there being because it feels like she is torn up about that like right now in this moment she has feelings for percy it feels like and on top of that just you know in general for like her friends and like camp half-blood and all that luke unfortunately is on the opposite side of that and she can't completely cut off her feelings for luke i don't think it's at a point where it's like any you know like romantic feelings or anything but there's still an admiration there um as well as a bond you know she met luke before anyone you know before grover before chiron before percy right like she knew luke um and they they went on a very long very long and very dangerous uh path uh you know together to get from i think pennsylvania to camp half-blood so it's like there's just a bond there that's very hard to sever even though you can very clearly see time and time again luke doing bad things and trying to harm her friends and trying to, again, siding with Kronos, which is something Annabeth will not do. I can't see that ever happening. It's, but even through all of that, it's still like, oh, but Luke, though, you know, like she still has that wish that Luke will come around, you know, um, you know, and, 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 you know, we see, you know, this is, um, there is some reciprocating feelings there because even when Annabeth was, holding the boulder, um, and even after when she was, like, you know, completely exhausted, right, like, he didn't want to kill her, he was like, oh, but we can still use her, though, you know, um, you know, so, you know, even then, when we saw Luke at the end of the dream, you can tell that he has some tough decisions he has to make, and I think one of them is definitely Annabeth, like, there's gonna be a time, it's gonna happen, where he's gonna have to face off against Annabeth, can he do what needs to be done, I don't know. Can Annabeth do what needs to be done? I don't know. Um, so that immediately is where my mind goes when it comes to a choice. It's not necessarily as black and white as Percy or Luke. Um, you know, but I think there is some, uh, some resolution, some like internal resolution that needs to happen with her and her feelings and like how, I don't know. I don't know. I guess how she feels and, and uh, you know, how she thinks about everything. Other than that, I'm trying trying to push that aside. 
I'm not really sure what you know you know what the choice could be. Um you know, again, we've already had some tough things where it's like she was thinking of being a hunter. It's like, yeah, I don't really think that's here anymore. Um and even like you know, does she want to live with her, her dad in San Francisco? Like those well, I think are very important. I don't think one, I don't think the hunter thing is even a a a possibility in her mind where she's like I, I'm, I'm i'm off that um and then even the san francisco thing i don't think that's like a large enough decision for like janice to be like you have a choice to make <laughs> and then for her to be like i have pushed back the choice but you will still have to make one like how how big this seems to be for her it doesn't really match the whole like oh i love in san francisco so i don't know I don't know. Very tough. Very, very tough. So we'll see. Uh, I'd love to hear what y'all think about like what, what her choice could be. Because again, I've, I've read this book before. I know I don't remember. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain, but I really don't remember what it could be. So we'll see. Um, and that is it. That is everything. Gonna go long, a little bit longer. Um, a lot of stuff to cover with this one. And uh i would guess that the second half it would be big as well so um any predictions i'm not really sure i mean this is the whole second half of the book so we are going to get a resolution i mean again i they're gonna they're, they're definitely gonna find hephaestus he's gonna probably guide them to day dallas tell them where to go um i don't know that anything exciting will happen there you know you know maybe he'll have some like new weapons or tools for them to bring which would be kind of cool to help them maybe get a a leg up when it comes to you know going into the lab because they really haven't faced any like monsters yet i mean they faced the camp a but even that wasn't i wasn't really in the labyrinth you know that was that was at the entrance that was you know they didn't really fit i mean even the sphinx like they kind of did but eh, i don't really think that counts a whole lot so I think that's something that's happened to you. Like they they have to face some sort of like monster where it's like, oh, this is bad. Um, I think they're definitely gonna find Day Dallas. I just don't know how much he's gonna help them. Um, other than that, like, I'm sure they'll run into Luke at some point. I feel like it wouldn't be a book in the series if they didn't run into Luke. Um, yeah, that's it, I guess. And ho and hopefully we do. I feel like we have to get some more information as to what this choice is, as well as what the rest of the prophecy is, because she still hasn't said that. Um, so yeah, that is it. Uh, next time, we're going to finish the book, which is chapters 11 through 20. Um, and after that, it's going to be great. We're going to final book, final book in the series, as I see it. Maybe in the future, we'll, we'll you know, do more. But uh, first five books are like the, the main series. So we'll do that. And uh, yeah, that is it. Uh, let me know any of your predictions. And uh, until next time, read the chapters. And uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to finish it.